Bay Bible Fellowship. Are you glad to be part of East Bay Bible Fellowship? Amen. We're blessed. We are blessed. God's been good to us. Amen. Let's read. Um, I know that people want to go eat and want to have a good time with their moms and, and remembering uh, their mothers. So let's, let's get right into the word of the Lord. It says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. We're going to read one more verse, and that's in Mark chapter 12, in verse 37. Mark chapter 12, and we're going to just read one part of this verse in verse 37. It says, David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the history of the, the context of this in chapter 11 and chapter 12, there's a lot of arguing going on. There's all these religious people, you know, Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, the, the chief priests, the, the, uh, the scribes. They're all the elders. They're all arguing with Jesus. They're challenging Jesus. They don't want to hear what he's got to say. They just want to fight with him. They just want to challenge him. But there were some people that wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. And it says, and the rest of this verse, it says, and the common people heard him gladly. The common people. That means the crowd. It doesn't mean they're poor. It doesn't mean they're nothing. They're nobody. It just means everybody. There was a big bunch of people that said, I want to hear what Jesus has to say. So very simple. I have a very simple message today, and I hope it, it's been weighing on my heart all week. Uh, when Pastor was talking about uh, the, the towels, not titles, on Tuesday, and then he started preaching about how shall they hear without a preacher on Wednesday. So it's just been kind of heavy on my heart. And I just want to preach common people, uncommon revival. Common people, uncommon revival. Would you put your Bibles down? Let's pray that Jesus would talk to us. Thank you for your word, God. Your word is so powerful, God. I pray you put your words in my mouth to minister in the Holy Ghost to your people. Let them receive it. Let it find good ground, God. Let it grow. Let it strengthen us. Let it bless us. Let it help us as a church, God, to serve you, oh God. Hallelujah. Let us have uncommon revival. Let us have amazing, great revival, God, at East Bay Bible Fellowship, and we give you all the glory. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. So in Acts chapter 6 here, uh, what is happening is the, uh, the, uh, the, the widows are not being cared for. And so there's some complaining going, hey, we need to take care of the widows too. We can't just, we can't just have church and preach and all that. We got to take care of people. We got to help people. And so the apostles needed some help and they said, hey, we need to keep praying and preaching. We need to keep doing our, our calling. And so they said, here's seven brothers in the church that we're going to have them lead the business of serving. Yeah. We don't know a lot about these guys. We really don't. They seem to be just your every brother in the church. And we know Stephen becomes the first martyr in Acts chapter 7. We do see a little bit about Philip. Philip, is he goes and preaches and has revival in Samaria. He converts an Ethiopian official. And later we see him and his four prophetess daughters in Acts 21 meeting with Paul on the way to Jerusalem. But other than that, we don't really know much about these, 
these brothers in the church that obviously the, 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 the leadership thought, man, there's something about these guys. These are good guys. We're going we're gonna to have these guys help us. But we don't know anything about them. We don't, see, we don't see chapters written in the book of Acts. We don't see books written about them. We can bar- hardly pronounce their names. We're like, hey, I don't know who Prochorus is. Okay. But the word of God is actually filled with people just like this. And when these people started working in the kingdom of God, what happened? Verse 7 tells us. Right after they got these guys involved in the kingdom of God, it said the word of God increased. A number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. Great. There started being revival. So this, these common brothers, just everyday brothers, just the usual brother and sisters coming. That's all of us just coming and going to church. They said, hey, let's get these guys to work. Let's get them doing something for God. And what happened? Revival continued. Revival continued to expand. And all through the Gospels, all through the book of Acts, we witness God using everyday normal people in the church to help advance the kingdom of God. Do you know about Joanna and Susanna? Right? Nobody, no one's like, who's Joanna and Susanna? Well, guess what? They are in the word of God in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass afterward that, uh, that he went, this is Jesus, going throughout every city and village, preaching and showing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. So obviously Jesus is doing miracles. He's praying for people, healing people. Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward. They're like, who's Joanna? And Susanna and many others, which ministered to them of their substance, of their wallet. They were contributing. And you're like, well, Susanna, Joanna, okay. Well, Cusa was a, was a servant of Herod um, Altimus. He was, he was not, it was Herod the king's son. He was ruling over Galilee. And they, these people, so they were government working people that they were obviously had some money. They're like, hey, I'm going to make sure I contribute to the kingdom of God. She, she had just been healed. She had just been ministered to by Jesus. She's like, hey, she talks to her husband. Probably. He's like, hey, we got to give some money to this ministry of Jesus. People, there's all kinds of people saying stuff, but I know what he did for me. I want to I be a blessing to this. I want to be part of this. I want to give in to this. So Joanna used her money that they were making, uh, working for Herod to finance the ministry of Jesus. They were invested. They were involved. She's actually later on one of, the, one of the few women that got together at the tomb to go and see. We want to make sure we take care of a, a proper burial. So this woman, she was following Jesus from the day that she got healed and she was ministered to by Jesus. She's like, I'm, I'm going to stay till the very end. That's the kind of woman Joanna was. She was just an everyday sister. She was just like, I'm going to go be part of this. I want to make sure I'm right where Jesus is at. I want to be part of this mission. And, on the, and she's the one that tells, goes and tells the disciples, hey, the tomb is empty. you got to come check it out. Peter runs. He's like, what, Joanna? Are you serious? He runs down, and he checks out the tomb. He's like, this is true. Yeah. So Joanna, you're like, okay, now you know who Joanna is. She's just, she's one of us. She's one of us. She's an everyday sister. Years ago, I worked in uh, Togo's in downtown San Jose. Togo's a sandwich shop. I, was, I could make a mean pastrami sandwich on Dutch Crunch. And don't bring your subway at me because I was a sandwich engineer, okay? But I would wash dishes in the evening. And, you know, here I was, 20, whatever I was. I was making sandwiches, washing dishes. 
I started praying a prayer. I said, God, I want to replace myself in the kingdom of God. I said, God, I want to duplicate myself. I heard that a good tree brings forth good fruit. I don't want to be a fruitless tree. And I started praying, God, duplicate me. Help me to multiply myself in the kingdom. Well, I had a coworker. We got along between him and I. We could make your sandwich, take your order, pay for it, and you'd be walking out in like a minute and a half because we timed it. Like, we were good. Me and my bro, we, we could have your lunch. You'd be happy if you got us. So we, we got along good. Well, he was the drug dealer of his neighborhood. We both lived in trailer parks, so it was rough. And uh, after washing dishes and mopping floors in the evening, we would sit down and do Bible studies. And he believed in the Trinity, but not for long. Because he decided, I'm going to respond to the call of God on my life. And he started coming to church a little bit. And when he did, the devil didn't like that. So the devil tried to stop him. So he started consuming the drugs instead of selling the drugs. He quit coming to church. He started missing work more. Um, and his life just started spiraling down. I would go knock on his door. I would leave little notes on his car. Hey, bro, I love you. I'm praying for you. The church is here for you. And I would, he, would, he, would, he was ghosting me. But I, I wasn't going to stop. One day he had an overdose and just about died. And Jesus wasn't finished calling him. And I remember when Vic called me. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to come back to church. I'm ready to, I'm ready to surrender. He cut off his trailer park mullet he had. He cut off the drugs. He came and got baptized. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. He started a Bible study in his house. All the drug people he was selling drugs to, he was teaching a Bible study. His mom, me and my wife would come over. His mom make a big old Portuguese meal, and he'd be teaching Bible studies to everybody in the neighborhood that was doing drugs. He started evangelizing. He started teaching Sunday school. He started becoming a leader in the church. He started bringing his siblings to church. We'd have revival. We'd bring carloads of people. I was trying to count with my wife. I think we sometimes 10 or 12 people we would bring the church from Togo's. They were like, hey, we're, gonna, we're having revival here and you know what I was witnessing I was witnessing God use a common man I didn't have no skills I didn't have no education I didn't have nothing special just a common man reaching another common man to have some uncommon revival that's what I was witnessing I was seeing God take somebody that prayed God duplicate me multiply me in the kingdom and I started seeing that happen right in front of my eyes God was taking somebody that was a mess and turn their life around and start using them to be a soul winner to start doing things in the kingdom of God I'm talking about common people having uncommon revival and I came to preach that to you today that you I don't care who you are. I don't care how, how unvalued you might feel, how unskilled you might feel. I don't care what your background. I don't care what mistakes you've made. God wants to use you. I don't care if you memorize the Bible. I don't care if you do memorize the Bible. I don't care if you're a preacher or you're not a preacher. I don't care who you are, what your net worth is, what your degree is, what your history is. God is calling you today to use you. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, is that your prayer? God, use me. God, I'm available to you, Jesus. Oh, I want to be used by you, Jesus. My Mother's Day message to you here. I get, we got to have a Mother's Day message. There was a praying mama named Hannah. And she was, oh, there's something about a praying mama. She prayed. She took her son to the house of God. 
that's what mamas, that's what mama, good mamas do. They're like, hey, I got to take, I got to take my kid to church. I'm, I'm praying over this child. And, and God uses ordinary mamas to change the history of the world. God uses an everyday mama. You don't have to be in leadership. You don't have to have some credentials. You just be a good mama. And that, and that hand that's rocking the cradle, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the world. There was, there was another mama named Jochebed. Guess what? She said, I'm not listening to what the government says. The Bible said in Hebrews, it says, it says they did not listen to the commandment of the king. And what were they doing? They were doing what they're fighting right now in the Supreme Court about. They wanted to kill the babies. And she said, I'm not doing that. I don't care what the law is. I'm going to protect this boy. I'm going to pray over this boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preserve this boy. There's something special about this boy. And she put her son 100% in the care of God. She put him in a little basket. Oh, and we know the story of the life of Moses. We know what God used. Mo- but it started with a mama. It started with a Jochebed. We don't, know, we don't hear too much about her. But we know she was a woman that said, I'm a, I'm a common woman. I'm a slave. But I am still want to see revival. I want to see my people delivered. I want to see my world change. And so she started raising Moses. Think about that. Just think about what, what did she sow and plant into the heart of that baby that affected him while he was in the palace still? What, what did that, what did Jochebed do that really had such an impact on Moses that he, he remembered? He said, you know what, that ain't my, the, Pharaoh's daughter, that is not my mama. He knew something down in her, I, I'm different, there's something, and it started with a Jochebed. We could continue and talk about Mary, just an ordinary woman, married to a construction worker. Just everyday people. We're talking about common people. And you know what she did? She birthed and raised and took her child to the synagogue. She was part of the greatest revivalist ever, right? Just an everyday woman. Just an everyday sister. Just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be used of God. God, I'm available to you. You think she had that heartbeat? You think that was what was in her heart? I believe it was. Amen. You've heard the phrase that not all heroes wear capes, right? I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of them right now. I don't see no capes. I don't see no halos. But that's who God uses. You just be a regular person. Do, you know, they always, they always interview those people. Oh, what, why, why did you pull them out of the water? And why did you pull them out of that burning car? Just, I was just doing the right thing. I just thought that's what everybody would do. I thought, that's, that's what heroes do. That's what people like us do. We're like, hey, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to be part of what God's doing. I want to be right in the middle of it. I want to share the good news. I want to be a blessing. I want to be involved in the kingdom of God. In fact, you know that for every prophet or prophetess we hear about in the word of God, there's thousands other of just everyday people just like them. We don't hear about it. We don't have their names. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah's like, I'm the only one really serving God here. Oh, I'm the only one left. I'm the only real man of God. And the Lord's like, excuse me. He said, I have 7,000 other people in Israel serving me. They don't bow to bell. They're just everyday people, but they're doing the right thing. They're living for God. Just everyday people. That's you. That's me. That's the common people that are having uncommon revival. Just regular people being anointed and used of God. So if I asked you, like, hey, who, who, are, who are people that did great miracles and supernatural things? We would n- normally go to, like, Hebrews 11, and we start reading about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. And it's filled with those people. And guess what? They were actually ordinary people. They were just like you and me. 
And I was talking with the pastor about this. Like, the Bible really just has given us a lot of times the highlights. It's just given us the headlines. It's given us the extremes. It's just a very small, small, small portion of what God is actually doing. We think of all those names of those heroes. And at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, he actually says, he said, you know, the time would fail me to tell you about everybody that I really know that's been working for God and doing great things for God. I wonder who else would be listed in Hebrews chapter 11 if he had a few years, if he had a few weeks, if he had a few months. Let me tell you about this person. You know, in my 38 years of life, I have been a witness. And the time would fail me today, and I'm not going to do it to you on Mother's Day. But the time would fail for me to tell you about Grandma Lois Willoughby. My grandmother, who prayed hours every day, she highlighted her Bible. You couldn't even read it after it was highlighted so much. She went to church when my grandfather would threaten her and physically beat her and drag her by her hair. He said, if you go back to that church, I'm going to beat you. And you know what? She trusted God for miracle after miracle after healing after. She was just an ordinary woman. She never touched the mic. She never played an instrument. She was never considered some great leader in the church. But she was a common woman having an uncommon revival, praying for her babies, praying for the next generation, praying for her church. She was just an everyday woman. I can tell you about Brother Andy Turner, my dad's high school friend, who at 60 years old made his way into the house of God. The doctor said, you got eight days to live. He came down to church. He got the Holy Ghost. He got baptized in Jesus' name. Defied all the doctor's reports. He lived for years and years and years. He was just an everyday brother. And Lord willing, if we fast forward in East Bay Bible Fellowship's history, I could see like 10 years from now, Pastor, there's going to be, oh, if the time, the time, someone writing and telling testimonies, you know, I don't have time to tell you about what God's doing in the Sandoval family, what he really did, amen, in their history and blessing and restoration. I don't have time to tell you all about Brother David and Sister Lilia and what God did in their life. I don't have all the time to really tell you about the Harris family and what God did in the Trujillo family. I don't have time to tell you all the miracles and the things that they did for God. They were just everyday people. They were just common people, but they wanted uncommon revival so they said here i am god use me i'm available to you jesus i want to be something in the kingdom of god i want to be part of the kingdom of god i want to be involved in the kingdom of god hallelujah our kids are going to tell those stories our kids are going to testify about the Arvin family and the Prado family and the Van Heusen family. That Our kids are going to be testifying. God's done some great things through our family. Just everyday brothers and sisters. Now, I, it would be, it, we, we, we have to stop and just really say, well, is that what Jesus is really all about? Is, isn't he looking for Apostle Paul's? You know, Jesus himself, in Philippians 2 and 6 through 8, it says, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant. We're talking about Jesus Christ here. He was made in the likeness of people being found in the fashion of men who humbled himself, became obedient to the death of the cross. Just so, He became just a regular guy. He became a common man. He was someone that got hungry. He was someone, he probably got hangry. I don't know. He got, he got cold. He wore clothes just like everybody else. He got tired. He slept in the conditions of his peers. He got older just like everybody else. He spoke the language of everybody else he lived among everybody else he was tempted he was suffering and then he died the death of a common criminal 
That was Jesus. Jesus wasn't as popular as you think in the way that you think about it. He wasn't some, you know, celebrity. He wasn't some social influencer. He was just an everyday man of God saying, hey, I got the spirit of God in me. And I, I, he says in, in Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And we hid our faith, faces as it were for him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. I'm talking about Jesus. He, he, you wouldn't have recognized him. They, even, even in his own, his own village and city, they said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Is, don't, isn't his sisters with us? Isn't is this his brothers? Uh, isn't this Mary's baby? Yeah, yeah. He just thought it's just another common man. What's, what great things is he doing? Yeah. And I believe one of the reasons that Jesus did that was that he could show us ordinary people could live in an ordinary society and imp impact their ordinary workplace, impact their ordinary college students around them, win souls in their ordinary family, make a difference with an ordinary income, be a light in an ordinary world, experience miracles where there's ordinary sicknesses and diseases, and see people delivered from ordinary addictions, witness to ordinary people, and see their lives turned around. Even the events of your life, they might seem so ordinary, but that's what God uses. God uses the common to have uncommon revival. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This Bible study right here. Learn scripture. You know how I know Pastor Prado is the real deal? This is not about him. Someone that's making something about them wouldn't make one of these. Why would they want everybody else to have what they teach if it was all about him? I opened up this, this lesson manual, and it says right here on the first page, the information is intentionally structured to ensure that those new to teaching Bible studies avoid feeling overwhelmed. We live in the last days, and everyone must be involved in making disciples. Everybody. The common brother and sister, the new person that just walked in, we need to empower them. Pastor Prado was like, I want to equip everybody. I want to equip everybody in East Bay Bible Fellowship to be able to go and be a minister and have revival in their family, have revival in their workplace, have revival in their school, have revival everywhere you go. Just take you a Bible study chart, grab you a Bible, and start teaching. Hey, everybody's got to be involved in making disciples. Everybody has a call of God to be used of God. One of the things that we struggle with the most as humans is feeling, we, we long for a sense of purpose and meaning. And this is reflected in the word of God in the Bible scriptures that we search for and we look to most. I read that of the 10 most popular Bible verses searched on BibleGateway.com, which is a very, very popular Bible website. More than half of those are about purpose and meaning. Of the 2 billion visitors that go to their website, the most popular verse of the year this is one my mother-in-law has on, her, on her, her, her gate. It's the most popular verse searched. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's been the, the most popular verse for the last decade. The third most popular verse is Romans 8.28. And we know all things work together for good to them who are called according to his purpose. 
What, 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 are, what are people, why are they searching out those scriptures? People want to have purpose. People want to have meaning. People want, just every day people are looking, what, is, what am I here for, God? In, in, a, in a survey done of pastors from Barna, they said, what is the most influential book on your life outside of the Bible? And they said a book called Purpose Driven Life. It was something, because they wanted, they wanted purpose. Even as ministers and leaders, they're like, what is my purpose? So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for you? Are you searching for that today? You're like, God, why am I here? Why do you have me at East Bay Bible Fellowship? What are you really doing in my life, God? What do you want to be doing with me? What, what do I have to give? What can I contribute? Sometimes we feel inadequate, and we feel like, God, I don't have anything to give. I, don't, I, don't, I can't play the, the, the instruments like some of these people, and I can't say, speak the way other people speak. God, what, 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 do I, what do you want me to do? And I want you to know, I came here to tell you today, you have a purpose. You don't have to question if you do. You don't have to go to Bible Gateway and search, what is my purpose? I'm, I'm telling you, you have one. You have a purpose. You have skills. You have talents. You have value. You have a testimony. You have a mission. You have an assignment. You have a calling of God. You're an ordinary testimony. What, what it may be, you may think, oh, it's just, it's just my life, and who wants to hear about that? God wants you to share it. God wants you to, to raise up and start using your gifts and your talents and your calling. God wants you to use your purpose. I know, I know how it is. We, we think, oh, yeah, just, just me. Nope, everybody forgot. You know, when you don't get a text or something, you know, you wake up on your birthday or something, and you're like, oh, nobody texts me yet. Nope, I don't have no friends. Nobody loves me. We start getting all, I'm just so insignificant. we all done that, right? Like some, something like, man, no one recognized me for that. I made that with my heart, and no one said thank you. <laughs> you know, because we want to have purpose. We want to have significance. We want to have meaning. And you don't have to go anywhere to get validated about that except for look in the mirror. Your brain, your three-pound brain, you got a three-pound brain, hopefully. You got a three-pound brain. Well, inside that three-pound brain, you have a hundred trillion neurological connections. A hundred trillion. I don't know how, I can't even tell you how many zeros that is. That's a lot. A hundred trillion neurological connections that are telling your brain and your heart to beat and do all these things and talk and look and pay attention to this. And that's God made that. The precision God had to make you and me, little old us, us common people. If we stretched that out, if we like took your brain and, okay, not gory, just like if we stretched out those neurological connections, they're like wires, like a web of, of like little wires. That would stretch 100,000 miles. God thought about you when he did that. He's like, I'm, I want to make them good. I want to make them, I want to do it right. I'm a good designer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do them right. You don't have to, I don't even have to finish this message. Now you know. You got value. If God thought to do that for you, to make you so perfect and so right, he said, I, I, that's a person I could use. You're, you, the chances that you're even alive is a miracle. The chances that you're here is a miracle. The, the Bible actually also likens the church to a body. And especially when it's talking about common people having uncommon revival. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, Now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. God has set some in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, uh, after the miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversity of tongue. Are all apostles? Can everybody be... 
we can't have 10 people lined up here preaching right now. Right? Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do, is everybody interpreting? No. But you have a place in the body. You have a spot in the body of Christ. You have a purpose. That, that Nobody else can do what you do in the kingdom of God. Nobody, God has a special calling just for you with your name on it. He's got a special spot for you, for you to do something for God. He doesn't care what your abilities are. He doesn't care where you come from. He doesn't care about all that. He just says, or do you want to be part of the body? Are you going to be part of, are you going to respond to the call to be used, to be, to be part of what God is doing? God has always done this. God has always done this in Exodus when they built the, the tabernacle. What did they do? They sought out all kinds of people. Hey, what skill do you have? Why don't you bring that? People that we don't even know their names. Everyday people, common people. I'm going to continue. We're almost getting to the close here. So there was even a woman in Luke chapter 7. We don't even know her name. This is what I mean. They're just common people. She brought an alabaster box to anoint Jesus' feet. Just, just a common woman said, hey, I have something. It's valuable to me. I don't know how valuable it is to everybody. I'm, I'm going to bring what I have, and I, I want to be a blessing. There was a little boy in, in John 6. Just another little boy. We don't even know his name. The Bible says it was just a lad. It was just a boy. He said, I got some fish. I got some loaves of bread. Well, he was just a common little kid. But yet God, there's, a, there's a, a story, there's multiple stories written about people like that. The revive, this, this uncommon revival is a, also of, uncommon, of, of common people. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus' mission was, hey, I just I lost. I, I don't, it doesn't matter where they're from. doesn't matter what part of the globe they are. doesn't matter how wealthy they are. doesn't matter what their names are. Lost people. I have a heartbeat. That's his heartbeat. That's his mission. And you and I are part of that. And Mark, it lets us know we're fishers. We're, we're people that should be reaching out, casting out. Hey, can we bring them in? We don't know the Samaritan woman at the well. We don't know her name. But you know what? She said, hey, this is somebody who knows everything about me. He still loved me. I better go tell people. He knows, he knows all my past. He knows my faults. He knows my failures. He knows my sins. And he's ministered to me, and he's loved me. We don't know who she was, just a Samaritan woman at the well. And she says, I'm going to go tell my city. I'm going to go reach people. I'm going to go reach more common people just like me. There was a thief on the cross. Jesus said, we don't know his name. He's just another common thief. But hey, I'm going to reach for him. There was an Ethiopian official. The, the Philip said, I'm going to go and reach for him. And this is exactly what we read in Mark 12 when we said the common people heard him. The scribes, the Pharisees, they didn't want it. The, 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 uh, the priests, the Sadducees, they didn't want it. But I'll tell you who wanted it. The common people. The common people want Jesus. You're, the everyday sinner wants Jesus. 
in Acts chapter 2, they're preaching, and it says, they, that we don't know who the they is, but they that gladly received his word, they were just like the people when Jesus was preaching. There were people that gladly heard it. Oh, that, that word changed my life. That, that message changed my life. That message of, of new birth, that message of the cross, that changed my life. And that day, 3,000 souls were added. They were just common people having uncommon revival. Every day, people want to hear about Jesus. The bank teller wants to hear about Jesus. The lawyer and the landscaper want to hear about Jesus. The doctor and the dope dealer want to hear about Jesus. The English speaking and the Spanish speaking, the Asian, the Hispanic, the black, the white, the rich, the poor, the religious, the secular, the Democrat, the Republican. I don't care. They're common people and they want to hear about Jesus. The everyday sinner, the everyday sinner needs to hear this. I'm talking about your family. Who are the everyday people in your life? Who's the alcoholic in your life that you need a witness to? Who's the depressed person that you need to go share this message with? Who's the broken home that you need to go share this message with? Are you catching the vision what I'm talking about today? Your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, the backsliders that you know, they really want to hear this. Don't discriminate against who wants to hear this. Don't say, oh, they, they're, they're not going to be interested. I've heard what they said before. I saw what they posted on social media. They're not going to. You're prejudging the harvest. There's common people that want this. There's common people. Everyday people want Jesus. Do I have your permission to challenge you today? Can I challenge you today? You know, we could, we could sit here and stand in it all at all the testimonies and the, 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 the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. We could, we could. We could celebrate the revival that's going on overseas. We could celebrate, hey, man, the, the people getting the Holy Ghost and lives being changed somewhere else around the world. We could testify and, and be excited about the brother or sister across the church that they're teaching a Bible study. But I want to challenge you. Do you want to be part of it? Do you, wanna, do you recognize God calling you today? God is calling you today. And I understand sometimes it's hard to hear the call of God. In Samuel, we, 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 we can see this. There's a, there's a boy that he hears God calling, but he's like, oh, maybe that's, that's not God's voice. And he's confused at first. He's not, he's not too sure about it. There's some uncertainty. But finally he realizes and he says, God, speak, Lord, your servant hears. I hear you calling. Do you hear God calling you today? Do you hear God knocking on your door? Hey, Jesus is calling. Would you be used? Would you be available for revival? Would you be available to reach your city? Would you be available to reach those around you? Jesus is calling East Bay Bible Fellowship today. And I came with a purpose. And just like it was in, in Timothy, he said to stir up the gift that's in you. That means to fan the flame. Stir up means to fan the flame. You might feel like, oh, it's smoldering. It's, it's, it doesn't look like much. I don't have much. The fire's kind of gone out. Maybe you feel like your fire has gone out. I came to encourage you to stir that up. Rekindle that. Put some more things on the fire. Pray again. Come down to the altar again. Grab a Bible study chart. Try something again. Rekindle that. Stir that gift up inside of you. Stir that calling up inside of you. We can all stand. Musicians, you could come. In the last two years, since the 2020 
shutdown has gone on in the economy. There has been a churn uh, in, in the labor market in the United States. Job losses that started in 2020 have went into 2021, and they're calling it the Great Resignation. People have been again, quitting their jobs like never before. The nation's quit rate reached a 20-year high in November 2021. So 47 million people quit their jobs in last year. And just in March, a couple months ago, 4.5 million people, the highest, quit their job. Why? They quit their job because they say they're not getting paid enough. They, they felt like there was disrespect from leadership. They felt like they didn't have any growth opportunities. And so restaurants and tech companies are having a hard time finding people. Finance companies are finding a hard time finding workers. Healthcare institutions are finding a hard time getting some people to work. Construction and manufacturers, they're, they're finding a hard time. There's a resignation. And I'll tell you what's going on right now. It's the same thing that Jesus, you know, Jesus didn't have a lot of prayer requests. But one of the things he prayed in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, he said, you know, he had looked out at the harvest. He looked out at the souls. And his heart was so moved when he saw the people driving by, when he saw people that are just lost and confused. And he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the labors are few. Pray, therefore. This is what Jesus asked us to pray. Pray, therefore, that the Lord would send forth labors into the harvest. There's a labor shortage still. And it's also in the kingdom of God. And a lot of people, are they've resigned. They're, 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 I'll let someone else do it. Or I don't really feel like I'm qualified. Or I don't feel like I have the gifts or the talents. Or, I don't feel like I'm, I'm good enough. Or I don't really know what I should be doing. Maybe you're saying that today. But God is calling labors. This is, this is a great opportunity. This is a great employment opportunity. Yeah. If we could have a job fair today, that's what we're having right now. We're having, hey, this is for everybody. This is equal opportunity. This is for you. This, and I'll tell you what, the benefits are great. I'm a witness. The growth opportunity is great. The retirement plan is really good. I'm on. There, there's a call going out for, for people to be used of God. There's a call for the common people. Some, could you see yourself like a Joanna? Do you recognize yourself like a Philip? Do you recognize yourself? I may be just an everyday saint of God, but I have a call of God in my life. I, 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 God said in 1 Corinthians, he called the, the foolish. He, he didn't call the wise. He just called everyday people. He didn't call the mighty. He called the weak. He said, I just want everyday people. I want common people to have a, a common revival. Everything God has done, he wanted people to be part of it. From the very first people, he created a beautiful garden. And he could have took care of it. He could have managed it all. God could do that just fine. But he said, you know what? I want people. I want common, these, these people that are made from earth. I want them to be, this earthen vessel, I want them to be part of it. And he said, Adam and Eve, I want you to dress this garden. I want you to keep this garden. I want you to take care of it. You, we could go forward through every person in the Bible. What did God do? He was calling just everyday, ordinary people to be used of God. 
everyday people in, in Acts, when we read about all the people that were gathered in Acts chapter 2, it says there are people from all over, people from Egypt, people from Asia, people from um, Libya, people from all over the world. Just everyday people were there. And that's who God's calling today. He's calling you to say, yes, God, I want to be used. I want to have uncommon revival. I'm just a regular mama doing what I know to do. But hey, God's going to use you, regular mama. God's going to use an everyday brother and sister. God's going to use everyday musicians. God's going to use everyday people to have uncommon revival in these last days. Hallelujah. Oh, do you want to come and gather around the front? Do you want to lift your hands and surrender to that call right now? Come on, I don't care what your age is. God's not finished with you. God's not done with you. The Bible says in Romans 11 that the calling of God is without repentance. God's not turning his back on calling you. God's not giving up on you. You might have given up. You might have felt like you don't have a use, but God is calling you. <laughs> oh, come on, would you lift your hands? Let's surrender right now, Jesus. Oh, you can use me, God. I'm just ordinary. I'm just regular me. I'm just an everyday brother and sister. Use me, Jesus.
appropriate, I want you to lay your hands on the person next to you. If you're already praying with somebody, I just want you to lock in. And I want you to pray right now. Jesus, use us to reach those around us. Come on, pray that right now. Jesus, use us. Use us to reach those around us. Come on, hallelujah. It's time for you to reach the alcoholic in your family, the depressed person in your friendship circle. Come on, it's time for you to begin to reach the people in your circle of influence. It's time for you to get your eyes off your circle of concern and get your eyes on your circle of influence. Come on, it's time for you to reach out to your depressed brother. Hallelujah, your anxiety-ridden mother. Come on, it's time for you to start reaching out to the drug addict in your family. Come on, it's time to start reaching out. Hallelujah, to the empty souls. Hallelujah, that carry the same last name as you. They might have money, careers, and education, but you know they're not happy. Hallelujah, you know that they're lost. Hallelujah, it's up to you. Hallelujah, come on, it's up to you. Jesus, use us, use us. Come on, if your husband or your wife is not in church, you need to get your hands up right now. You need to ask God, God, use me to win my spouse. God, use me to win my spouse. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let's just pray for a moment. The Holy Ghost is here. Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Are you thankful for that word this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have a purpose. Amen. But not only do we have a purpose, we have a command. Praise God. We don't just, we've not just been told what we're supposed to do. We're being told to go do it. Praise God. And so I pray today 
that the Lord would give you great courage, praise God, to step outside yourself. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's personally easier to reach out to people you don't know. You know, there's a lot of religions that purposely take their congregants and they, they, they ship them to other countries because they know that those people are going to be less inhibited. You could take them from Ohio to California, man, they'll, they'll knock on every door in California. But you keep them in Ohio, they won't knock on a single door. We have to challenge that thing right in its face and say, devil, I am going to pay attention to the people closest to me. You're not going to distract me. You're not going to make me bolder when I'm talking to somebody at Target than when I'm talking to my husband or my wife who's not living for God. You're not going to make me bolder with the guy at the gas station than you are with my cousin and my nephew and my grandparents. We're not going to do that. Praise God. We're going to impact our circle of influence. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would give us the greatest impact with those closest to us. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would have impact with those in our home with our families, with our neighbors, with our co-workers. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us great favor, hallelujah, to speak to those closest to us, to speak to those, to those who know us. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, remove the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. And someone shout amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise God.